again with another episode of Life on the Road with Evan Flo. Um, the car coming, don't want to get hit, so we gotta be safe. Um, I have Joy in the car, I hope. Hi, yes, this is Joy, not only Joy, it's King Louis, aka Louie. Oh man, there's a, there you go, there's a, there's her introduction, I love that. It's got a lot of good energy right there. Um, we're on the way to the airport right now, but, um, in transition, almost there. Um, I don't even know where to where to go from there. What uh? What do you want to know? What do I want to know? I mean, I want to know everything. <laughs> but like, well, be- we're currently in Albany. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. Um, I live here in Albany, but I also live on the West Coast in LA. Oh, really? Yes. Are you from there? No, I'm from Mississippi, actually. Okay, that, that, I was gonna say that accent didn't sound LA at all. No, or, or, no, or, I'm still a Southern girl or a Southern belle. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's such a good one. I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've lived in LA for the last four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in education, sure, specifically in the area of special education. Um, I used to be a teacher. I'm mm-hmm. no longer a teacher. I work in the district office, again, in the area of special education. Um, Currently, my role is um, I work with data analysis. The school district in which I'm in, we're under what's called state receivership. So my main objective is to help fix that so we can actually have a board to actually govern our school district to actually make changes and all of those things right now we have what's called a um, state administrator who has sole power Um, parents really don't have a say the board has no say (laughs) we really just do what they told us to do Um, and that's because of physical reasons and academic reasons and things of that nature we've been in this particular situation for like the last 14 years we've had like 14 administrators state administrators yes real bad situation um but hopefully with some things that we're putting in place we can change some of that um here in albany my husband and i we own properties so um that's why i'm here so currently my job allows me to work remotely so i can transition back and forth from the east to the west coast that's awesome i'm in the process of actually trying to move to california myself oh well, I was about to say, in relation to just, just the only thing I can say is just get ready for a huge change in what you're going to spend from your wallet because it is extremely expensive, especially if you're talking about going to the L.A. area. Now, if you're talking about going to like San Bernardino County area where you're talking about basically living in the mountains mm-hmm. and the desert, um, things of that nature, um, then you'll be okay. You're probably looking at the same amount of what you will pay here in Albany because Albany is much more cheaper even though it's in New York it's much more cheaper than what you would pay actually you know in New York City or what you would pay in LA right 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 yep I uh what was I gonna say that um what time is your flight uh 527 alright then you got a little bit of time I'm just gonna not take the highway but I'm gonna get there still as efficiently as I can because I feel that the highway is a lot of extra background noise. Oh yeah, I always go through, I always go, what is that, nine? Or whatever that is right there? Yeah, oh, not nine, but um, I always go this way too. 
actually not forget where we were actually talking. What we're actually talking about was uh move to Santa Cruz, California. So okay. trying to get in the beach. It's still probably gonna be expensive, but it's not gonna be LA expensive. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, I'm trying. What you plan on doing? I will probably be doing this for a little while. Um but like eventually it's gonna transition to I'm gonna plan on being multi-millionaire by the end of next year by selling like digital nft art because are you freaking kidding me i have an nft do you really yes yeah. <laughs> my friend is the one that established it oh yeah what's what's uh what's it called so my friend stanley bishop if you look him up he's the maker of nfts like the creator them? which which the, which the, one <laughs> venice so it just opened up in venice uh-huh. yeah the one that started in venice he was the one that actually created the first nft um like that first that whole notion his name is stanley bishop okay hey stanley if you listen to this i wouldn't be surprised if you were listening to this <laughs> eventually but yeah eventually. Uh, and then like they just had the nft uh art uh the art shop to open up here at network that he was i mean here in new york that he was a part of too yeah, so I just got my first NFT a couple of weeks ago okay. through what's called the Great House. It's a Dow, uh, the Good House, uh, a Dow concept. Dow, they're, they're called BA, BAO now. Yep. So um, they have a project in Haiti. And right now they just did a groundbreaking ceremony last night in regards to 12 Haitian artists um, that all have their projects and things of that sitting on like a couple right now that I think are gonna in the next few months go up. Did you create them yourself? No, I bought I bought you into bought yeah I bought okay. into one I bought into two one yeah there's a dog in here too guys. <laughs> That's Louie that we're talking about. <laughs> oh they are that makes way more sense the earlier part I'll be about he's Louie. Hey dog. I know. I uh, can't see out the window sorry. <laughs> yeah right not, not right now right now sorry. But um I bought one bought two one's like literally just a birthday cake with like my my birthday on it i just feel like because everything is so new and so early that like all of the projects that are like getting any type of notoriety are eventually just going to be worth like a ridiculous amount of money yeah so with the the good work house they did a thousand and one nfts and the purpose of it i don't want to give you the wrong information let me open up my story that's that's the best thing set your sources and always know what the heck you're talking so about. So you have a, you got your MetaMask account? Um, so I just have a, like a, what the heck is it, the, the Bitcoin wallet. Um, and then, uh, I got an OpenSeas account that I'm going to be putting artwork out on. My plan is to, because I'm going to be, I'm also publishing my first book in the, in the next couple of months. My, oh, excellent. My plan is to make it really, like, extremely, like, interrelated with that. So, uh, so people can have the option to just straight up buy the book, but, also, when they buy the book, they have the option to mint as many of the NFTs as they want beforehand, 
like obviously release them all after a certain amount of time. And then, um, so it's like a receipt kind of thing if they want it to be, because I just, Gary Vee put me on to everything. I'm not gonna like not say that he was the guy that like really forced my hand or like put, put the idea into just more solid terms for me. But that's kind of where I'm at with it. Still gotta draw everything out a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, just gotta find somebody to get the right, like the people that I have my NFT from. So they created a thousand and one NFTs in their like little homes because the proceeds from when they begin to sell them, the proceeds are going to their whole thing is uh, providing homes for homeless or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's something in that range. Right. Um, so that's the notion around. issue that people just think if you just throw money at it it'll just go away but I don't know it really it's that simple of a thing definitely providing the houses is number one like we have all the houses already but people can't afford them or whatever yeah. is, the, is the problem so if you make the houses affordable theoretically yeah you should you should have some kind of positive impact I would think
think that that first the first million's the hardest allegedly, and then everything after that is like way easier because you know have a better idea about how to make it happen. I um, it's difficult to talk to a lot of people about these kind of things because they don't see it as a legitimate possibility that they could ever be on that level or in that like upper echelon of the, the society. It's so uh, yeah. Well, it's about mindset. You no, know, absolutely. You, whatever you whatever you speak. actually like part I would like to make this like the biggest thing that the podcast is like known for is just the people that get in and like talk or all have that similar mindset of like understanding that your thoughts create your reality and that the more you think something and the harder you can like work on it put it into place as long as you give yourself enough time you can make it actually happen to like yeah. explain a lot of shit out, out of like they didn't have to actually explain because like oh it's just the mind or whatever but it, um i think that statistic is more related to like using like when they me- when they're measuring the brain and seeing like what neurons are firing and when is like something related to that it's not actually that we don't use all the brains we don't use all at the same time because it doesn't each part is supposed to control something else but that being said also can't figure out where memories are stored and what actually gives rise to the fact that you know that you're like an alive awake alert like I know. human being yeah that, that's like really but sometimes i even find myself saying hmm here i am <laughs> right like hmm how did this happen how did this happen <laughs> that's, that one, that one yeah. kills me the most like hmm give science one free miracle and they'll explain everything after the miracle but like they can't explain why everything started and and then every everybody's got their idea about how they think it's going to end but that's way past like my lifetime like our children's children so how many generations in the future are going to have to deal with like that problem like any type of armageddon type of situation yeah put that one off the grandkids for sure that's such, a, that's such a tough thing to have to grapple with. I, like, I do like to do that, though, because I, I have this idea that, like, what are the people, like, a thousand years in the future, like, what are they doing, and, like, what does their world look like, and how do they act, like, what is their culture, and how do I embody that now, and, like, bring it so that everybody can, like, try to, like, get on that level because I, I would assume a thousand years from now the technology the language the, oh my God, it's just gonna be so different it's gonna be like a movie like everything's gonna be so crazy maybe they'll actually you know, have flying like, I, I don't even know what movie to compare it to because most of the movies that we're seeing now a lot of that stuff is already here right I mean even when I don't know how old you are but when I was growing up and I was like a teenager 
within that topic. Sure. So, um, and a lot of the things were off beat, but a lot of the stuff, like, it's already happening. It's just we don't have access to it because, right. again, because of our pocket. Yeah, right. But there are some people who have access to it, like, and I, I feel like they're really trying to push us, especially with COVID, and I don't even want to get on that conversation. We don't even have enough time, yeah. for one. But with COVID, like, COVID, the currency, what does currency have to do with COVID? Like, I think a lot of things the government have to do holistically from an administrative standpoint, because again, you're, you're, you're running the world. So you have to make decisions to make changes as needed and you do whatever you need to do to do to, to make the best decision without reaching, without causing havoc on the world. So here we have COVID, which brought about a whole lot of changes that has really nothing to do with what COVID actually had to do with. For instance, our money, like we're getting ready to see the transition from the dollar to the digital currency. It's getting ready to happen. Yeah, in our lifetime, man. Yeah, like, and when that happens, that's when we're really going to start seeing what this world is really looking like as it relates to the future. Is it American? Because, yeah, American. When you get to the point where you don't, you can't have your money in your hand and it's being controlled from a digital standpoint, yeah, some things are about to change. Absolutely, absolutely. The future is now. That was the last episode, but uh, any last words of wisdom for the people tuning in? Yeah. Change your words, change your mindset. Namaste.